Lord. I'm glad we can have fun in the Lord's house, aren't you? I'm glad that we can worship him freely. I'm glad there's no government on the face of this earth that can stop us from lifting our voices and giving praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Doesn't matter what our circumstances are, we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers through Christ who lives and dwells within us. And I'm glad that we have that confidence, aren't you? Amen. I'm glad for it this morning. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to take them and turn with me uh, to Romans chapter 8. And we're going to talk today for a few moments about what it's like to be a super champion. I didn't say a super bowl champion. You know, it won't be just a few more weeks. We'll find out who the super bowl champion for the years, for this year is going to be. We know it ain't going to be the Packers, praise God, glory, hallelujah. And we know it's not going to be the Patriots, even a greater double, hallelujah. But whoever it's going to be, they're just simply going to be a Super Bowl champion. But I'm glad to announce to you today that through Jesus Christ, you and I, every day of our lives, are super champions. You say, I don't know if I feel that way. Well, you see, we don't live by our feelings. We live by faith in what the Word of God declares to be truth. And what the Word of God declares to be truth is simply this. We are super champions because of Jesus Christ. Let's look to the Word this morning. Father, before we read this Word, I just pray somehow that your anointing would just fill this place this morning that as we read your word and talk about it today, that you will just encourage your people both in person and online, that they would leave this place and transition in their day knowing that they are conquerors because of you, that there's no power on earth or in hell that can prevent us from being the champions that you have called us to be. So, Father, I pray that you'll help me to preach effectively today. I pray, Lord, that you'll help me to be like the prophet of the Old Testament that says it's like a fire that is shut up in my bones. I didn't think I'd preach anymore. I didn't think I'd say anything else. But, Lord, I can't keep quiet because your word is truth and your word is powerful. So let it go forth that way today. And may we take it, receive it, and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I got this coffee cup up here that somebody gave me before church. John Rosenberger brought it in. He said, he said, I saw this and I thought about you and I really like it. I don't know what to do with it at this point. I think I'll just keep it with me all the time because it says, Pastor, warning, anything you say or do, could be used in a sermon. I told him, I said, I don't know if I should just carry it around and put it in people's face so that you'll know, or whether I should put it on Donna's bed stand so that when she wakes up in the morning, she'll see this and realize she better be on her best behavior. When my son Jonathan saw this, he said, that's been my whole life right there on one coffee mug. I don't know. I appreciate it. Thank you for thinking of me, John. 
and I'm going to be listening closely for illustrations that I can use in sermons for the future. Amen. I'm glad to be a champion. Verse 31, Romans chapter 8 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. And more than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God? who indeed is interceding for us. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Doesn't that sound like good news? Doesn't that sound like that we are winners and not losers? Doesn't that sound like that we are above and not below? Doesn't that sound like that we are the head and not the tail? Isn't that what that sounds like to you? That's exactly what it sounds like to me. The apostle Paul is writing and saying, hey, get your heads up out of the gutter. Stop looking at your circumstance and realize that no circumstance is able to bring us down or to change our destiny as champions. We are not losers and will never be because God is on our side. Aren't you glad for that today? Give the Lord praise. Amen. So there are some things that we need to understand about this passage of Scripture. Let me share just a few with you this morning. The first one is this. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Listen, the way Paul wrote that indicates that we are presently, today, right now, in this moment, we are more than conquerors. You say, oh, you don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. I feel like I'm a loser. I feel like I'm losing ground. I feel like I'm going backwards. You are feeling something that is not consistent with what God has said about us in his word. We are right now, no matter how you feel, we are right now more than conquerors. 
I don't have to wait until tomorrow. I don't have to wait until next month. I don't have to wait until next Christmas. I don't have to wait until some special day when I feel like somebody, something's going to drop out of heaven and make me a conqueror. No, I have the blood of Jesus Christ flowing through my veins. I am of a royal priesthood. I am a, 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 an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ right now in this world in this earth right now. You say, well, but I'm sick in my body. Well, your body may be symptoms. You may be experiencing symptoms of this world, but you are healed in your body because he's already paid the price for you to be healed. You say, well, I'm in a broken relationship. You may be working through a few things, but let me tell you that God is able to mend all things together that are according to his will. And when we will accept it as his will, we are right now now more than conquerors. I don't have to wait till tomorrow. I don't have to wait until next week. No, you don't. Look at somebody next to you and say, right now, right now, in this moment, I am more than a conqueror. The next thing that we need to understand is that it says we are more than conquerors in all things. Look at verse 38 and 39. It said, for I am persuaded. What does that mean? That means I have been convinced Who's convinced you? Is it your neighbor? Is it your husband? Is it your wife? Is it your church? Those are all good things. But we've got to be persuaded not just by the church and by the spouse and by our best friend. We've got to be persuaded in the Spirit of God that what God has said is truth. And if it is truth, it will set me free in all things. He said, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we are more than conquerors in all things and in every way. There's not an area of our life where God has not given us the ability to overcome. There's not a thing in the world that is greater than the power of Christ in us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's nothing. There's not a thought. There's not a consideration. There's not a politician. There's not a person. There's not a circumstance that can cause me to believe that I've been separated from the love of Jesus Christ. I stand in the love of Christ every moment of every day of my life. And we've got to be careful that we don't let the flesh take over our faith. Remember what we talked about last week, how the, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What, what the Lord is saying there is, is that my spirit resides within you. And my spirit doesn't want you to just barely get by. My spirit doesn't want you to be half winner and half loser. My spirit doesn't want you to just barely be in the kingdom of God with one foot in and one foot out of the kingdom. My spirit doesn't want that. But if you give in to the flesh, the flesh will always pull you away from the blessings and the things of 
of God. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Well, guess what? We have authority through Jesus Christ and the spirit of God that lives within us to overcome the feelings of the flesh so that we can walk by faith and be the conquerors that we are in all things. You know, we talk a lot about our bodies because we can't lay them aside. Every morning that we get up, we can feel every little thing in our body. And let me tell you, the older you get, the more aware you are of those kinds of things. It's like when my wife will say, did you not hear one thing that I said? And I will say, what? And usually the next thing out of her mouth is, you need hearing aids. What I need is to be about 30 years younger than I am and a whole lot less rock and roll music when I was young because my hearing is not what it used to be. And what I'm saying is, is that we can be aware of all of the things in our lives and in our bodies, but what we have to understand is that ultimately we will conquer over anything and everything that can come against this body. Same with our relationships. Let me just say this very cautiously and carefully. But if you're a child of God and you are in the kingdom of God and you are walking in the goodness of his blessings, he should be able to give you the knowledge and understanding and wisdom, uh, wisdom of everything that you need to have a successful relationship. Whether it's your neighbor, whether it's your boss at work, whether it's your husband or your wife, whether it be your kids or your grandkids, whoever it is in your life, relationships fall under the authority of Jesus Christ. He has given us or will give us all things that we need for our relationships to be successful. And so what we have to understand is that we are more than conquerors in all things. We can believe that we're partial conquerors. We can believe that we're a little bit of a conqueror. We can believe that we're a 500 team, that we win and lose about as much as the other. But in Christ, we're not called to be a 500 team. We shouldn't have to be picking ourselves up off of the ground every time that we fail because we've made a poor choice and a poor decision because we have the authority in Jesus to make the right choices at the right time so that we can live a righteous life before him. All things. I'm persuaded of it. I can win in any any arena. You know, the real winners, they know that. It doesn't matter whether or not they're playing at home or on the road. They go in with the expectation that we're winning this game today. It doesn't matter. Just think about San Francisco last night playing in Green Bay. I don't know if you watched the game or not, but nobody gave a West Coast team a chance of beating Green Bay in Green Bay when it's snowing. Because they know how to play in cold and in snow. But those guys from San Francisco who are out on the bay, those Northern California people, you know, that just live life in the sun and on the beaches and everything's good. They're coming to Green Bay to play Green Bay. But at the end of the game, with just a few seconds left, 
Old Robbie Gold kicked that ball through the field goal. And those sissy San Francisco 49ers who are only used to playing in the heat and the good weather beat Aaron Rodgers. Thank God I don't care who beats Aaron Rodgers. I'm just glad. I love his soul for the kingdom, but I don't like him as a quarterback. And when that football went through those, uh, those uprights, it's like, oh, praise God, hallelujah. San Francisco won in a situation where nobody gave them a chance. Well, can I tell you that the devil thinks you don't have any chance whatsoever? There are people in your life that they've called you a failure all your life. They don't expect anything from you but just for you to fail. But I want you to know you serve a risen Savior who is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is interceding for you. He is pulling for you. He is rooting for you. He is saying, get up and go again. Get up and go again. Get up and go again because I am with you and you are more than a conqueror over this situation. Aren't you glad you're a winner today? Amen. I'm glad that I'm a winner in all things and it doesn't matter what the weather is. I'm still a winner. It doesn't matter what they say about COVID. I'm still a winner. Doesn't matter if there's another variant on the horizon or not. I'm still a winner. Because God is in my life and in my soul. Amen? Doesn't matter if there's a Democrat or Republican in, in the White House. Doesn't matter who's running the show. I'm telling you who's running the show. And he ain't Democrat or Republican or Independent. His name is Jesus. And he is the one that is running the show. Oh, man. Amen. Amen. And the next thing we need to understand about is about this word conqueror. Romans 8, 31, 32 through 35 says, What shall then we then say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Shall distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword? No. We are more than conquerors over all those things. Now, this word conqueror and the phrase more than conquerors, conquerors comes from the Greek language. And the words that are used in the Greek language are upernikeo. Upernikeo. Now, the first part of that word is the word upper, spelled H-U-P-E-R. It is a Greek word from which we get the English word hyper. And we know that whenever something has that word hyper attached to it, it emphasizes its size or magnitude. So a child that is hyperactive is one that is a little more active than a different child or another child. I don't know, maybe you had one of those kids, or maybe you currently have one of those hyperactive children in your household. They're a little more than usual. Their energy level is a little higher than other children. That's what it means. It means that it is something hyper. My daughter, Erin, will sometimes call me in the mornings and she'll say, oh, 
that Henry said he is being extra today. I don't know if you've ever heard that terminology, extra. That means that he has risen above the norm. He's a little extra. Anytime you use the word extra or more as an example, it means something that is at a higher level or something that is added to something else. For instance, if we go to the Cheesecake Factory, we can go there and eat our cheesecake and then say, I'd like to have a little more. And I'm so thankful for a wife that knows that about me and will eat a portion of her cheesecake and then slide hers over to me and say, would you like some more? Well, obviously, I would like to have some more. Cheesecake's one of the good things that diabetics can eat because it, it's less than some of the others. So it's like, slide that baby over here and let me see what I can do. I want some more. See, we've got to understand that God wants us to have some more. He wants us to have all that we can handle and he will provide for us everything that we have need. Now listen, there's, one, there's a difference between being content in what you have, which is a good thing, but then not wanting the more that God has past your level of contentment. Let me give you an example of that. We call ourselves a Pentecostal church. Do you know how we, we determine that? It's not because we get loud in our church service. It's not because we clap our hands on the offbeat, although that's fun. It's not because we do Jericho marches every now and then. It's not because we run around the church. It's not because we throw up our hands and say hallelujah. It's not because Sister Snedeker starts doing her head like this and flipping all the bobby pins out of her hairdo. That has nothing to do with being Pentecostal. Being Pentecostal simply means that we are filled with the Spirit of God with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. I had somebody stop in our office the other day and said, I'm thinking about coming and visiting your church. I was wondering what kind of church of God that you are. There's all kinds of church of gods. There's a church of God that's headquartered in Indiana, or excuse me, in Indiana, but they are not Pentecostal. They are more Baptist in their theological beliefs. But we are the church of God of Cleveland, Tennessee, which means that we're Pentecostal all the way to the bone. Let me tell you, I will tell you this. Any of you start breaking out some snakes and putting those around and that kind of thing, I'm out of here. I just want you to know that I ain't doing that. I don't care what Ray Stevens has to say about it. A Pentecostal means that you are filled with the Spirit that you speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. It's about possessing a level of spiritual energy and power that will let you impact the world in a way that you could not do otherwise. When those 120 people filtered out of that upper room having been filled with the Holy Spirit, and by the way, every one of them were filled. There wasn't 80 out of 120 or 100 out of 120. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. How did they know? Because they all spake with tongues that they had never learned. Uh, they had been energized by the Spirit of God to do that kind of thing. But I know people in the modern church 
that they don't care if you speak in tongues as long as they don't have to be spirit-filled. They, they don't want that level because they have discovered that I can be okay with this level of spirituality. I don't feel like I need that other stuff because I don't want to lose control. I want to be driving this, this car. I want to be driving the Spirit instead of the Spirit driving us. Listen, Spirit of God's never going to drive you into a situation that you can't overcome and that you can't produce results. It's going to do harm to you. The Spirit of God is going to raise you to a level of spiritual living unlike anything you've ever experienced in your life. But you've got to be willing to have the extra that God has for you. The hyper, if you will. Say you want us to scream and holler and I, it's not about that. It's having a greater anointing upon your life that allows you to overcome in certain circumstances where you couldn't overcome any other way. Hyper, more, extra. And then the second word that's connected to that is nikeo. Now this word nikeo is where Nike gets its word, its name. Nike is a company that literally their name means to conquer completely or to utterly vanquish. That's what the word Nike means. So if you own any Nikes and you put them on your feet, you're going to wipe everybody off the face of the earth. That's what Nike wants you to believe. Buy our shoes rather than Adidas because our shoes will raise you to a level. You'll jump higher. You'll run faster. You'll look cooler if you just wear Nikes because we are going to utterly vanquish the enemy. Well, let me tell you something. Nike shoes are not all that great, but Nikeo is amazing. Because when you experience the Nikeo that the scripture is talking about, I'm telling you, you can do things that you never thought possible because of the Spirit of God that is in you. How many of you remember in the olden days, they used to be the old original Superman? You remember that? Superman was incredible. The thing about Superman was is that he was in the world, but he was not of the world. He was able to do things that no one else could do. I used to, as a little boy, I used to sit and just listen to the, to the show and to the trailer. And, and if you can't remember it, I, I just want to play it for you just now. If you guys would roll that, that intro to the Superman show, I'd appreciate it. This makes me feel good. The Adventures of Superman. I feel good already. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. American way! Did you get that? Superman was American! We knew it all along, didn't we? 
I don't know, that excites me to think that, you know, we can live that way in the spirit. I don't, we, you know, when I walk around with guns and shooting people and all that and stopping locomotives, and, but we can stop the enemy, the devil, in his track because we are supermen and women. We are hyper nikeo in the spirit of God. We are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we might ask or think according to the power of God that lives in us. Aren't you glad about that? Superman. <laughs> then there's another thing we understand. We are more than conquerors because Christ loves us. Aren't you glad that Jesus loves you? I mean, I often wonder sometimes in my life, why would even Jesus mess with me? I've been so many times, I've been so low in my living that it, I thought to myself, surely Jesus has got to be frustrated with me. <clears throat> surely the Spirit of God has to be so frustrated with me because it seems like the things that I would do, I don't do, and the things that I wouldn't do are the things that I do. Seems like the Apostle Paul had that same problem, didn't he? I'm so glad that he loves us. Romans chapter 8 verse 37 says, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Through him that loved us. Can I just tell you, a lot of people don't ever even attempt to connect with Jesus because they feel like that there's no conceivable way that Jesus could love them. There's no way that Jesus could love me, but he does love you. He loves you when you fail. He loves you in spite of your faults. He loves you in spite of your attitudes. He loves you in spite of all of those things. Jesus Christ loves you. God loves you so much that he gave Jesus his only begotten son so that we could have everlasting life. <clears throat> Did you know that one of the greatest psychological issues of our day that psychologists and Christian counselors deal with in people is this thing called self-hate. They just, for whatever reasons, people just can't love themselves. They can't even like themselves on some days. <clears throat> they feel so unworthy of the love of Jesus Christ. Listen, we're all unworthy of it, but he makes us worthy through his love. And so we don't have to get on ourselves all the time. You know, I can't love you until I love myself. I can't care about you until I care about myself. I can't care for others unless I am caring for myself. But I can care my, for myself and love myself. It's not a thing about arrogance. I can do that. I can love you. I can love you. I can love you and still be humble because I realize that there are some people I can never love in my flesh, but I can love them through the Spirit of Christ. 
people in my life that I have struggles with. There are people in my life that I have hard times with and have hard times liking them and much less loving them. But I know that I can do it through Christ because he loves me. And if Christ loves me, then surely I can love those who has placed in my circle of influence and live around me. I came across a quote that one of our fellow pastors put on Facebook this week, and I I just kept going back to it. I just kept going back because it just struck me as being so profound. His name is Mark Williams, and he's the pastor at the North Cleveland Church of God in Cleveland, Tennessee. I think we've got a picture of this in case you'd like to read along with me. But he made this statement. He said, God caught a glimpse of you while knitting you together in your mother's womb and has not been able to take his eyes from you ever since. Isn't that powerful? Jonathan will not let me forget the day that he, his mother and I, me, lost him in the mall in Galesburg, Illinois. We had gone to see this train that they had set up in the, in the mall. And it, it, I, I love trains. I love train sets. I, I go out of my way to go look at them. And I'm just mesmerized by them. I will just stand and look at them for a long period of time. And so Donna had given me the responsibility of taking care of Jonathan. And Jonathan was standing right beside me. And we were watching the train together. And then I looked down and Jonathan was gone. My first thought was, I hope the rapture didn't take place. Because if it did, he went and I'm still here. But then I kind of panicked, you know. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling, but it's like, oh my goodness. I've lost my son. I don't know where he is. I saw Donna and I ran over to her. Do you have Jonathan? Did he cut? She didn't have Jonathan. It's like, uh-oh, this is trouble. So we start looking around and looking around. And then I saw several, you know, stores down. There was a police, a security guard standing there. And there was this little red-headed boy standing right beside him. <clears throat> and when I turned and looked, and Jonathan turned and looked at me, And when our eyes met, he came running to me. I could picture in slow motion the two of us running to each other. And when he got to me, instead of him throwing his arms around me and hugging me and thanking me for being his protector and for loving me, He balled up his fist and hit me right in a place where guys do not like to be hit. And he said, you lost me. I did. I lost him. And he's been hanging out with me all these years now. And he's still my compadre. It was that church where we stood in the foyer for our very first pastorate. And we were standing there, and he's dressed in his navy blue suit with the tie on. I'm dressed in my navy blue suit with the tie on. And we're watching, and someone drives into the driveway, and he pulls on my coat, and he looks up at me and says, Daddy, look. 
It's our very first customer. But I lost him. But here's what I want to say to you and what this statement is saying. God has not taken his eyes off of you. He got a glimpse of you when you were conceived in your mother's womb. He was away. I don't care what the world thinks about all of that. I know what Scripture says about that. And it bears out the fact that there is life at the moment of conception. And the church can never compromise that. Because if we do, then we're in trouble. But he saw you when you were conceived in your mother's womb. And as your heart began to grow and your body began to form. And then you broke forth into this earth. And he was there. He was watching. He was looking over you. He was watching over you in sixth grade. And he was watching over you in college. And he was watching over you when you were picking a mate. And a mate was picking you. I'm telling you today, church, don't ever lose, lose sight of the fact that his eyes are focused upon you and he loves you with an everlasting love. He cares about you. And then if they'll come help me quit, there's one final point that I want to make. And it is this. Conquerors always declare their victory. Have you ever noticed that? Winners always want you to know that they won. Winners always want you to know that they won. Well, don't you think the world needs to know that we're winning? Don't you think that they need to hear our testimony of God's grace? Don't you think that our neighbors need to see us living in a way that reflects the love of Jesus Christ? Don't you think that when we're at work and we're put on the spot, possibly we're asked to compromise? Don't you think that our bosses and our co-workers need to know that I'm not made for compromise? God didn't make me for compromise. God made me to represent his kingdom on this earth. So I can't compromise the morality of the word of God. I can't. I won't. When we pick a mate to spend the rest of our lives with, don't you think God would expect us to pick someone who is a believer like we are? Surely he would. Why would he put his approval upon us choosing a mate that is of no faith or a faith different than what we believe? I've heard it all. They'll change. I'll change them. Maybe. But what if they change you? What if they influence you to abandon the faith? I'm not trying to be cold-hearted here this morning, but I, what I'm trying to say to you is this idea of being a conqueror is predicated on us being obedient 
to the Word of God. Isn't that true? So if His Word says this, and then we begin to compromise in this middle area, expecting God to forgive us and then forget, it won't work that way. The Scripture tells us to be careful because God is not mocked. Whatsoever we we sow to the flesh, we'll of the flesh reap corruption. But whatever we sow into the Spirit, we'll sow everlasting and eternal life. Isn't that what the Word of God says? So you want to be a super champion? There's only one way to do that. It's by taking the Word of God and putting it into your spirit and letting it change your nature, change who you are. We're told that in Scripture days that there was this process called the Roman triumph. And when warriors would win the battle, they would give them this parade. It was like, it's where we get our ticker tape parades that we see on television. Whoever the leader was, they'd get them a chariot and they would pull them through town with two white stallions at the, big, at the lead of the chariot and they would pull them through town and the people would be standing all around on both sides of the road cheering them on and giving them the, the, the accolades for their, for their uh, winning that battle. And then behind their chariots, there would be many, many more chariots and wagons that were loaded with all of the stuff that they got, all the spoils of the war, and all of the generals that had served in the army. They were walking behind. It was a process and a a parade that everybody knew about. It was the Roman triumph. Depending on who they beat, they might trade out the white stallions for, for instance, if they won a battle in Africa, they would use elephants that they had taken to pull the chariots. And in other instances, there were those who actually had lions to pull their chariot. That's what I would want. I don't, I don't know what you want, but I want lions pulling my chariot. <clears throat> but they would pull them through town and everybody would be acknowledging the one who won the battle. Well, let me tell you something. You may never get that acknowledgement on the face of this earth. Crowds may never line up at your funeral. When they go in front of your casket, they may never stop and say, what a winner, what a champion. They may, but they may not. Let me tell you what's more important than that. There will come a day for all of us who are in Christ and have successfully finished this journey. There will come a day when we will hear the words of our Lord and Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's why I'm living, church. I want to hear him say, Well done, don't you? I want to be a conqueror. I don't want to be a failure. I don't want to barely just get by. I don't want to just say, Lord, oh, no, don't give me any more blessings. I've I got so much now. That, that's false humility. 
we all should want everything that God has in store for us, <clears throat> regardless of what it is. So today, I want to encourage you to begin that upward journey towards becoming a super champion. Stand with me, if you will. 